I'd like to give you a very warm welcome this evening to our service as we come to worship and sing and hear God's word preached to us. Just a couple of things before we start. Um, a quick reminder that we do have um, a Hope Explored course starting soon and there'll be more going on as the year goes by. So um, if you know anybody that you think would like to um, be involved in those courses or come along, feel free to invite them and speak to Martin or Jane if you have any ideas of anybody that would like to come. It's a really great course to do, really um, lovely to sit with people and to talk and hear about the, the things about God explained to them and questions answered. So just a, an encouragement to you if you do know anybody. Um, a reminder to those here that we have home groups on Thursday, a really good time to be together, to, to um, read God's word together, to pray and to read it together. So home groups Thursday. And um, just one other thing is we've got the, the men's Bible study, as you can see up on the wall there. It's starting on the 18th. Um, I think John said this morning that you want people to sign up hopefully by to today. So any men out there, if you haven't signed up yet, would you please speak to John or Martin? I will lead the way with that because I haven't signed up yet, so I will sign up this evening as well. So I will lead the way with that. So um, be encouraged to sign up to the, the Bible studies there too. And I was just thinking um, this morning as I was listening to to Josh, uh, when he's talking to the children, he's talking about New Year's resolutions, and I think it'd be good for us, wouldn't it, as a as a New Year starts, things that we could do to encourage you to to um, speak to people about um, the Bible, about what we believe in. Um, it was like Mark was speaking about, wasn't it, that we can speak in wisdom and speak boldly, and that it would be fruitful. And uh, I was thinking to myself today, you know, what what type of ways could we speak to people about the Bible, people that we know, our neighbours, and people around about us. And I think it's encouraging that we sent these um, calendars out at the beginning of the year. Many people in Crowborough have had calendars through their doors with verses on. And it's just an icebreaker, isn't it? If we know people that live in Crowborough, we can ask them if they've had a calendar delivered through their door. And it could be a bit of an icebreaker, say the, the verses are fantastic. You know, is there any that's caught your eye? Have you put it up on the wall? Just encourage you to, this year, think of things, of ways that we can speak to people, our neighbours and friends around us, and speak to them about God. We're going to sing our first song this evening, um, Sovereign Lord, then afterwards Tony is going to lead us in prayer. So our first song this morning is Sovereign Lord, we sing your glory, yours is the eternal throne. And please stand when the music starts. Oh, 
back up and go back a couple of verses. That's the one. Sometimes when we sing these songs, the tunes are great and we fly through them and we get taken up with the words, well not the words we're singing, but the tune we're singing. And as as we were singing that, it just made me think, what a prayer we've just sung. So as we pray, let's start by praying these words. Sovereign Lord, we pray that you'll show us your glory, that you'll open our eyes so that we can see just how great you are. Lord, we ask that you will help us to understand that you're a God who can never fail us. And we ask that you'll draw us close to you. Oh Lord, our hearts feel really weak. And we pray that you'll help us not to be distracted, but that we'll want to know you more and more. Oh Lord, we thank you that you're a gracious, loving, patient Father, and that you call everyone to come and follow you. And we ask that if we know you, that you will warm our hearts so that we understand just how great you are and how amazing your love for us is. Oh Lord, we we sing sometimes about that amazing love, that how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? And Lord, we know that each one of your children was once your enemy. We had no time for you. We turned away from you, and yet in your love you sought and found us. And Father, we thank you that it was before time you planned to send your dear Son 
to pay the penalty for sin. So that sinners who turn to you could be welcomed into your family, could be made right with you, could look forward to being with you forever. Oh Lord, I ask that if we're yours, that you will save us from being distracted, that you'll help us to resist the enemy's way of getting to us to look at things that don't matter, to worry about things that don't last forever, to become preoccupied with ourselves and what we want or how we fail. Oh Lord, we thank you that we can come to you knowing that you love us and knowing that you're in control and knowing that you've prepared good works in advance for every one of your children to do. Oh Lord, as we start this new year, we pray that you'll help us to see your glory. Oh, we're so easily distracted. We're so easily envious of those who seem to have a different life to us. But Lord, if we know you and we know the King, and we know we're going to be with you forever. What, what more do we need? Oh Lord, we thank you that we don't have to guess at what our God wants. We thank you that you have spoken in your word. And Lord, we do pray that you will help John as he preaches to us from it. And Lord, we pray that what he has seen, you will help us to listen to. And Lord, we pray that that will help us to live wisely. That will help us to live faithfully. So that people ask us what the reason of the hope that we have in, in, in us is. And Lord, we pray that you'll be, give us the desire, the guts, the enthusiasm to talk of the one who never failed us. The one who loved us the one who gave himself for us. Oh Lord, we do thank you that you send your spirit to help us to live for you. Oh Lord, you know each one of us. You know that this last year was not an overwhelming success. Lord, we we have, as individuals, not done what we should have done. We have done and thought many things that we shouldn't have done. And Lord, I pray especially for anyone who's feeling that though they're your child, they should just give up. They're just not feeling like they should. Oh Lord, I pray that you'll help them to come to you with honest confession, knowing that you're able and willing, and just to forgive all of our sins because of Jesus. Oh Lord, I pray that you'll restore our joy, that you will draw us near to you. And Lord, I pray that if any are feeling hopeless, oh Lord, that you will bless them with that reassurance that there is a Father's welcome and there is forgiveness for all of our sins. And Lord, we pray as well for those who are without you and without any hope in this world. 
Oh, Father, we pray that you will rescue them. We pray that you will use us to be your servants, to bring your good news. And we pray that where your good news has gone into people's lives, oh Lord, that that seed will produce good fruit. Oh Lord, we thank you that we can come to you. We thank you that we can come because of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that you'll be with us through the rest of this service. Amen. Thank you, Tony. We're going to have our readings this evening. There are going to be four of them, and they can all be found in the book of Ezra. And it's chapter 7. There's a couple of uh, readings in chapter 7 and a couple of readings in chapter 8. The words are going to be on the wall to follow along if you don't have a Bible, but if you do, they can be found on page 393. So the title this evening is The Hand of God, and you might want to keep an eye out for this phrase as we read through the book of Ezra. So we're picking up here, Ezra's priestly background has been introduced. I'm going to pick it up in um, chapter 7, verses 6 to verses 10. This Ezra went up from Babylonia. He was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses that the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. And the king granted him all that he asked, for the hand of the Lord, his God, was on him. And there went up also to Jerusalem in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king, some of the people of Israel, and some of the priests and Levites, and the singers, and game gatekeepers, and the temple servants. And Ezra came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For on the first day of the first month, he began to go up from Babylonia. And on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem, for the good hand of God was on him. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. And then the next reading we can find is in chapter 7 again in its verses uh, 27 to 28. And we see here a copy of the letter of the king of Persia that he wrote a generous um, support of Ezra's mission. And we pick this up in the conclusion part of this um, chapter 27 and 28. Blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers, who put such a thing as this into the heart of the king to beautify the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem and who extended to me his steadfast love before the king and his counsellors and before all the king's mighty officers. I took courage for the hand of the Lord my God was on me and I gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. And then we're going to turn now to the next page to um, chapter 8 and we're picking it up. from verse 15 to 23. And we pick up the story where Ezra goes through some of the people who came back with him and then carries on in verse 8 to 15. I gathered them to the river that runs to Ahava, and there we camped three days. As I reviewed the people and the priests, I found there none of the sons of Levi. Then I sent for Eliezer, Ariel, Shemaiah, El Nathan, Jarib, El Nathan, Nathan, Zechariah, and Meshalem, leading men, and for Joyarib and El Nathan, who were men of insight, and sent to them to Ido, the leading man at the place Casaphia, telling them what to say to Ido, and his brothers, and the temple servants at the place Casaphia. 
namely to send us ministers for the house of our God. And by the good hand of our God on us, they brought us a man of discretion of the sons of Malai, the son of Levi, son of Israel, namely Sherebiah, with his sons and kinsmen, 18. Also Hashabiah, and with him Jeshaniah, of the sons of Merari, with the kinsmen and their sons, 20, besides 220 of the temple servants, whom David and his officials had set apart to attend the Levites. These were all mentioned by name. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahavar, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children and all our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. And then finally, after mentioning how the gold and silver was managed, Ezra says in these last two verses of our reading, Then we departed from the river Ahava on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. The hand of our God was on us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and from the ambushes by the way. And we look forward to John as he comes up and speaks to us on these passages a little bit later on. But before then, we're going to sing um, our second song. Revive our church, O Lord, in grace and power. Draw near. And please stand again when the music starts.
we pray to God again, let's come together and pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray that prayer just then, revive our church. Lord, we long to see more people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we are living in a time where people seem to be so against knowing who you are, not wanting to know anything about you. But Lord God, we know that you are still that same mighty God today that you were from the beginning of time. And we know that you can work in people's lives at any stage. Lord, we thank you so much that you are the great I am, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the God that was here before time began and that you created this world that we live in now with such mighty power. You just spoke and it came to be. Lord, we thank you so much that even though you are this mighty God and we are such sinners that you made a way of escape for each and every single one of us who puts their trust in your Son. Lord, we know that each one of us has fallen so short of your standards, We slip and slide so often in our lives, yet the price has been paid if we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has taken that punishment on his shoulders that each and every single one of us deserve, and he has taken it to the cross at Calvary, and it has been taken away from us as far as the east is from the west. What an amazing saviour we have. And we just long that, that these people that are living in darkness, Lord, will grow to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, that your light will shine in their lives. We just long for revival. And not just here in this church or in Crowborough or in this country, but we pray worldwide. We long to see a revival of people coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour and putting their trust in him. Lord God, we thank you for so many things. And Lord, we thank you that in this country we can pick up your Bible day by day, night or day, and we can read it whenever we want to, and we can draw such riches from it. We can be taught, we can be guided, we can take such wisdom from it. And we thank you, it is such a blessing, and how often we take it for granted that we are able to just pick it up day by day. But there are many around this world, Lord, that are persecuted for even owning Bibles, for even reading passages, Lord, and we pray for them at this time, that you will be with them, that you will be speaking to them through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just pray that in those persecuted churches, Lord, that they will stand strong, that they will stand firm, and that they will know that they have a great God who is in control of all things. But I pray, Lord God, that you will help us as a people to pray for our brothers and sisters around this world who are being persecuted daily. Help us not to take our lives for granted, forgetting those that are being put under such harassment each and every single day. Lord, we are so grateful that you are in control of all things that happen in this world. Lord, there may be wars that rage. There may be people that think that they are in control. There may be people that think they're above everybody else. But Lord, we know that you rule everything that sits below and on this earth. Lord, we thank you so much that you are still in control. We thank you so much that we are not worried about what these dictators may do and what these leaders might say because we know that we have a God who is in total control and we know where our destiny lies at the end of our lives and we thank you for that. But we do pray for those that are are suffering in these war lands at this time. We especially pray for those in the Ukraine. That war is still rumbling on there, Lord, and we just pray that you will be with them at this time. And Lord, even in time of conflict and danger, Lord, we know that people can meet you there, that you would meet them in the midst of all that danger and that they can put their trust in you. Lord, we do pray that that if it's in your plan, that that war will come to an end soon and wars around the world, we pray.
Lord, we pray closer to home now and we, we thank you for today. We thank you for those messages that we heard this morning from, from Josh and from Mark, Lord. We thank you so much for Rooted and we thank you so much for the Sunday School. Lord, we're so thankful that we have this church and building and rooms around where we can teach young people and teenagers, Lord, about you. That we can have a building here where people can come in and hear your word preached, Lord. And we thank you so much that we're able to do this week by week. Lord, we pray for for those children and those that were enrooted this morning. We think about the things that they've heard and have been taught. And we just pray, Lord God, that the things that were taught in those lessons today will not just go in one ear and out the other, but they will stay deep within their hearts and in their minds, Lord. And even now they might be thinking upon the things that they heard. Lord, we know that the children have been learning a memory verse this morning in our Sunday school. And we just pray that that will be imprinted on their hearts for this coming year. Lord God, we pray for those teenagers that are enrooted as well. Lord, such a tricky age when you get into your teenage years. Such um, things that can be such a distraction in your lives. But Lord, I pray that you will work in their hearts. That you will melt their hearts if they are hard and cold. That you will speak to them directly. That you will tell them and show them that, that this world can offer you so many things, but they fade away. But the only thing that is really worth anything at all, that is precious, more precious than gold, is having the Lord Jesus Christ in their lives and following him to the end of their days. Because when this day does come to an end, there will be a judgment. There will be a time where we have to give account to God. And there is only one, two places where we can go. It's either to hell and away for you for an eternity, or with you in heaven for an eternity. And we just pray that, that these children and teenagers will understand this and realise that that they have to start following you. I pray that you will work in their lives. And Lord, we pray for those, not teenage, but in their 20s and 30s, that we we love so dearly, whether they're brothers or sisters, or or children, Lord, that have um, wandered far away from us, Lord. We know that many of them have sat in here for years and heard your word preached, have seen preachers come and visit and preach, have sung the hymns and the songs, been in Sunday school and in the Young Life groups. Lord, heard so many messages, yet their hearts are so cold. But we pray that we will not forget them, that we will continue to pray for them. Lord, our hearts bleed for them. And even now, I pray that you will be working in their hearts. Lord, there might be many people that that forget about these people, but those of us that have loved ones that have wandered far away, it still hurts and it's still something that plays on our minds um, day by day. And we pray that you can help us to continue praying for these souls because, Lord, we might not be able to change them, but, but you are the great God. You are the God who can change anybody and bring them back to you, and we pray that you will. Lord God, we just come before you now and we thank you again that we can have this time to hear John's word preached to us. I just pray that each and every single one of us, even though we've had a long day, we might be tired, Lord, that we might be attentive now. Help us to realise that we are coming here now to hear God speak through what John has to say to us now. It is you speaking to us, not John. And we pray that you will help John to get this message across to us. May we all just hear and understand and be affected by what we hear. May we take it away of us today, and may we talk and pray over it. And Lord, may it be an encouragement to us. We really do pray that you'll bless John now as he brings your word to us. And we pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're going to sing our third song now before John comes up to to preach to us. Your word alone is solid ground. 
the mighty uh, rock on which we build. So please stand again when the music starts. Isn't it good when God is obviously doing things in a situation? When he's obviously at work. And don't we want God to be at work this year? Uh, Of course, God is sovereign over all things and he's always working his purpose out in all circumstances. Uh, Sometimes that's slowly, sometimes it's secretly, uh, like the yeast in the parable. Um, And yes, he's always at work in his church by his spirit. But there are some times when he's very obviously at work. When he's giving success to his church. When things are coming to life and things are acting and things are seen. 
And uh, isn't that something that is good to pray about, for God to be obviously at work? And isn't that a good thing to be praying about as we go into this coming year? Well, I've been reading Ezra, Nehemiah and Esther over the New Year period. Uh, We might be in Nehemiah a bit in coming months in the morning, but there is a phrase actually in Ezra chapter 7 and 8 which struck me again and uh, I found something that uh, I really wanted for the year ahead. came a bit of a focus for prayer for the year ahead. And the phrase was, the hand of God. The hand of God. (coughs) A hand is something which does things. We relate hand to action. We have a somebody who's got it in hand. He's doing it, he's acting on it. We have a a handyman, practical, get things done. It might be said of somebody, she can put her hand to anything. It happens. There's an activity about the hand. Well, Ezra and Nehemiah are books of return. Um, God's Old Testament people, Israel, had been taken over and dispersed uh, around the Babylonian Empire. And uh, they longed to come back And they longed to be in their capital city again of Jerusalem. And God in his grace grants that in these books. They're books of return. And it happens in three waves. The first wave uh, under Cyrus, king of Persia. Uh, They're sent back at the start of the book of Ezra when the temple begins to be rebuilt. And then there's a, a second wave Uh, under the return of Ezra himself. And uh, that's what we're looking at in these chapters. And then there is the third wave under Nehemiah when the wall of Jerusalem is rebuilt. So we're here in the, the middle wave, if you like. You see in chapter 7 and verse 1, now after this in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, And it goes on to Ezra, and in verse 6 it says, This Ezra went up from Babylonia. So Ezra is returning. It's about 460-ish BC for those of you who like dates. And And Ezra returns with a teaching mission. The law features a lot in these couple of chapters. That's what he's about. He's coming to teach the law of God, God's word, And as he comes back, God is obviously behind this. And God is obviously blessing. God is at work. There is a power about these events. There's a sense of God sponsoring these events and being behind these events. And I thought that was an encouraging theme for us to be thinking of this evening. So we're going to trace it through these two chapters and uh, my aim and hope is that it will make us grateful for God's work, pray for God's work to be seen in our mission and church and in the mission and churches of others and to have an expectancy of God's work. So we're going to trace this theme through and we see God's hand or the hand of God We see it in a number of ways. 
as we, as we look it through. We see first God's hand in secular help. That's the way it occurs here. In, in uh, chapter 7 and verse 6, this Ezra went up from Babylonia. He was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses that the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. And the king granted him all that he asked, for the hand of the Lord his God was on him. So God had put it in his heart to return back and to teach. And he asked the king, this was the king of Persia, Artaxerxes. So he was the, he was the biggest king on earth at, the sta- at that stage in terms of the empire. Empires. And the king grants a request and he doesn't just let him go reluctantly. The king gives tremendous support to Ezra on his return. And we have here a letter copied for us of what was sent from Artaxerxes with Ezra on the return journey. And it talks about giving access to money. And it talks about uh, returning to the Jews their temple articles. And it talks about giving them some tax exemption. And it says that they shouldn't be stopped in making appointments to teach people and to lead people. And uh, under the king of kings, the Lord, this earthly ruler is very helpful to the people of God in their return. Because it says God's hand was on the situation, and God's hand was on Ezra. Now, we don't always, do we? We don't always have the support of secular authorities as a church and other churches. Uh, Quite often, there is uh, opposition. But sometimes, God uses unusual means to give his work a boost, and sometimes he uses secular authorities to do that. It sent my mind back to a a small local way where that happened, would have been over 20 years ago now, and uh, the church here was looking to get involved with some of the local schools in the area and have opportunity to be involved with assemblies to give some Christian messages, and uh, it was just at that time that Ofsted... Uh, criticised the secondary school here, Beacon, for the lack of spiritual content in its school life. And at that time, it seems strange to think now, but Ofsted's top three priorities, one of them was the spiritual side of education. That's a much broader thing than just teaching the Bible, but it's a, a spiritual awareness. But that was its third priority. And so we were able to go into the local school with what was in the courier uh, about uh, what they were being pulled up and say, well, if, if, if you would like us to help out by being involved with some assemblies, then we'd be willing to do so. And at that time, God put uh, some senior managers in the school who were very sympathetic to, to, to the sort of thing that we wanted to do. And over a course of a number of years, there were tremendous opportunities when hundreds and hundreds of Young people heard messages about Jesus and from the Bible. God's hand, it seemed, was on the situation, opening the door, including the secular authorities at a local level and a national level to facilitate it. It was a wonderful time, I think. Great privilege. 
And sometimes that happens. So we have to be a bit wary of being excessively suspicious of secular authorities and be excessively separatist because sometimes God uses them to further his work. And he did here and he has done in many other situations since. God's hand in secular help. And it was a reason for praising God so that by verse 27 of chapter 7 it says, Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers who put such a thing as this into the heart of the king to beautify the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem. Well, how how conscious he was of all this and how motivated he was, I don't know, but it was in the heart of the king to beautify the house of the Lord, to give them the opportunity to worship God's hand in secular help. A second way we see it as we trace it through is God's hand um, in a successful, purposeful journey. God's hand in a successful, purposeful journey. Now we're still in chapter 7 for this one. And the journey is summarised in verses 9 and 10. More detail comes in the next chapter, so we go to different parts of it in the next chapter, but the whole thing is summarised in chapter 7, and the summary is very important. Let me read to you verses 9 and 10, or you look at them if you've got your Bibles open. For on the first day of the month, he began to go up from Babylonia, and on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem tells you how long the journey was. For the good hand of his God was on him. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. So the journey is all wrapped up in one verse there, in verse 9. It's a four-month journey. Well, it was about 900 miles and they were taking children with them as well and I guess a lot of the train was pretty barren and perhaps desert-like. But they got there with, with God's help. They arrived for the good hand of his God was on him. And God's help here, notice, is especially linked with what the mission was about. That's in verse 10. Verse 10 is quite a verse. It's a great verse in itself. In fact, if you're involved at all with teaching others, this is a a verse that's well worth uh, dividing into three and thinking and praying through. Verse 10. This is what Ezra's mission was about. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. So it encourages us, doesn't it, that where we're seeking to get to know God's word, study it ourselves, to live it out genuinely in our lives and not be hypocrites, and to teach it to others, that we can look to the Lord for his help. Because it was this sort of mission that Ezra was involved with that God's good hand was on. Because the purpose was so good and the purpose was so in line with God and with his honour. 
Now, this doesn't mean that every journey we have is going to be uneventful, but it does mean we can look for his help as we're involved with his mission. Let me just give you the two words of Great Commission at the end of Matthew 28, which are along these lines. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, it's Ezra-like, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So God's hand in this uh, successful, purposeful, mission-based journey. An encouragement for us as we go forward with a, a similar mission in New Testament times. That's why I think it's a good verse for the coming year. As we go forward with a sense of mission, we can make this our aim and our concern and something we long for, for for God's hand to be evidently involved and at work as we teach people about Christ. We move on. And our focus is now at the start of the journey. So we've been given a bit of an overview and we're at the start of the journey. And we notice this. This is at the end of verse of, of chapter 27. We can see it as God's hand in giving momentum to the leaders. So we have uh, Ezra, and in many ways he reminds us of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, Jesus is the ultimate priest, the ultimate teacher. He's the one who God's spirit is specially upon. Thinking of Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. But we too, as we take forward that mission of Jesus and the teaching of Jesus, can look for and be encouraged by a sense of God's hand being upon us. Noticing God's help and blessing, you know, is a great boost, isn't it? Have you found that at times? You felt the Lord's help in what you were doing. It's a tremendous boost. It, it, it encourages some momentum when you hear of people being interested in Christ, when you have prayer answered, when a, an event goes well, when a Christian is growing, when God is helping in a situation, it, it gives some momentum and encouragement. And this is what Ezra experienced. And he, he sensed that God was on the matter and giving him help. And you get it here in chapter 7 and verse 28, where it says, part way through, I took courage, for the hand of the Lord my God was on me. And what's he do? I, and I gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. You see, he senses God is in this, and working in this, and working through him, and it gives him some encouragement to influence others. So he, he gets a group around, and he, there's some movements of things happening. There's things are planned. 
because he sees God's hand is on the situation. Well, I, I think that's, that's encouraging. And, and you see it sometimes. A sense of God being uh, particularly at work and, and it, it helps those who are involved and they have a, an extra spark about them and an extra sense of purpose about them and they're more willing to communicate and they involve others and there's a sense of momentum and God's work is carried forward. It was like that with Ezra. Perhaps you're in a position of leadership. A oh, good thing to pray for us and that we might sense God's hand on us. And that itself may enthuse us and help us to enthuse others. That like Ezra, we might say, I took courage. Yeah, okay, I was frightened, I was daunted, but I took courage. For the hand of the Lord my God was on me, and I gathered leading men of Israel to go up with me. Maybe there's a next step for you to take in serving the Lord in your circumstances and what you're involved with. You sense God is blessing it. You can take courage and take the next step. Fourthly, God's hand in plugging important gaps. In plugging important gaps. I found this especially encouraging. Um, in, our, in our work as Christians and as leaders, uh, one of the things that takes a lot of thought and a lot of time and a lot of concern is the need for other workers, especially others to take up some uh, areas of responsibility and help out and perhaps lead or teach. Uh, as something that takes up a lot of thought here in, in this church and I'm sure it's true for other churches. So I think over the last 30 years, so much concern I found. Who would lead camp? Who would teach in young life? Who would teach in Sunday school? Who would be deacons? Who can help with the music? Who's going to lead the children's work? Who would be an assistant? Who would be elders? These big weights I've found. I'm sure others have found as well in their areas of responsibility. And so what happens in chapter 8 is very encouraging. They're set to leave. And Ezra does a, a bit of research and he realises that they are short of temple workers. We're in chapter 8 now and verse 15. I gathered them to the river that runs to a harbour and there we camped three days. As I reviewed the people and the priests, I found there none of the sons of Levi. There were no temple workers. Wow, this is too big a, this is too big a problem can't just say, well, never mind, we've got to get going, you know, off we go. This was too big a problem. How could they go back to encourage the sort of restoration of temple worship without temple workers, without Levites? So it's a problem for him. And he gets others looking for a solution. And now we get to verses 18 and 19. And by the good hand of our God on us, 
They brought us a man of discretion of the sons of Malai, the son of Levi, son of Israel, and this person and the contacts he makes and the ways it goes forward leads quite quickly to 38 Levites and to another 220 temple attendants who can help out. So they can go on their way with a big gap plugged by the good hand of the Lord being upon them. Well, it's a good thing to pray for. For God's hand, provision, work in providing labourers in the harvest field here and elsewhere. It doesn't always happen at a drop of a hat. It doesn't always happen to our timetable. We found that out as we were seeking and praying through the route of uh, an assistant. But we look to the Lord to provide and we pray for his hand to be upon. And over these 30 years, you may feel, you may sense I'm weighed down by, well, I have been weighed down by the gaps we've had over these 30 years, continuously weighed down. But I look back and see that God has continuously, kindly provided. I wouldn't say this is a major way as this, but in very little ways, the good hand of our God has been upon us. And he stirred up people in his time to do the things that needed to be done. And as we go forward into another year, conscious of gaps, conscious of the need for help in children and youth work, conscious that as we go forward we need the Lord to provide us deacons for the years ahead, we go forward looking, praying that the good hand of our God will be upon us, providing what he wants. In Acts 13 and verse 2, to give a New Testament thing, while they were worshipping the, the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. God's provision. Let's go to the next one. God's hand on all who seek him. So we're tracing through these chapters. And we're well into chapter 8 now. Uh, We still haven't actually left on the journey as it goes through in detail in chapter 8. There's a big journey ahead. Um, They've got children and lots of stuff with them. They could be easy prey from bandits and others who were looking for things. Um, Ezra is a bit reluctant to ask the king for anything else for any extra security, for soldiers and security forces, because this has been his attitude, verse 22, for I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. Now this is especially encouraging for who it includes. So we've seen different ways of it expressing that God's hand was on a situation. Uh, God's hand was on Ezra. Saw that, chapter 7, verse 6. Ezra could say in a personal way, it was on me. Chapter 7, verse 28. Uh, we will see, in our last reference, it being said it was upon us. 
But here, verse 22, it's more general, and that's very encouraging. Because he says, the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him. So, if we are seeking him, if we are humbling ourselves, if we are praying over things, if we're wanting to do his will, if we're taking seriously his word, we can expect his blessing and help. This encourages us because the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him. Last one. Just briefly. God's hand in protecting the mission. We get to the other side of the journey. And we do so in verses 31 and 32. And there were threats on the way, but this is what it says. We departed, 12th day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. The hand of our God was on us and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and from ambushes by the way we came to Jerusalem and remained there. Opposition, threats, difficulties, dangers, but the hand of our God was upon us. They were protected and the mission was advanced. And as we journey, as a church, as other churches journey along God's mission, well, we're not promised for an easy ride, we know that from the whole of the Bible, but we look for him and long for him to bless us, to keep us, to advance his work. And this isn't just an Old Testament thing. If I may finish with one further reference. There were people from Cyprus and North Africa teaching the gospel in Antioch in the book of Acts. And this is how it's described in Acts 11 and verse 21. So you've got Cyprus, Cyrene, coming to Antioch, preaching the Lord Jesus, verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. And it makes waves and it gets back to Jerusalem and to Barnabas and they're glad to hear of God's grace at work. The hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed. Things happening. God at work. The mission advancing. And so you can see why this little phrase, as I read Ezra 7 and 8, was an encouragement to me. And I hope just tracing it through is an encouragement to you. Something to 
look for something, to long for something, to have a sense of anticipation of as we continue our missionary journey into 2023. That the hand, the good hand of the Lord our God might be upon us. Well, let's pray before we sing our last song. Lord, we thank you for your work in Ezra's day and how encouraging it's been for us to see what you did through the secular authorities, through your provision of workers in Ezra and for the way in which that helps us. And it is our prayer as we embark on this coming year that we might know the gracious, good hand of our God upon us. We live in difficult days. Uh, The mission of the church hasn't felt as though it's always been going with great uh, gusts in its sails in the UK in this time. And so we pick up this theme and say, Lord, may it be that we especially know your hand upon us as we go forward into this coming year. Do provide, do bless, do grant that many may turn to the Lord and believe. Bless this church, bless other local churches, bless the missionary concerns and other concerns we know of, that it might be a year of your favour, a year of your obvious action. We know that your work is often slow over the years, often in secret, but we delight to see it in a very obvious way and we pray for that as we go forward into 2023 for the glory of your name and the uplifting of your son. Amen. Well, our closing song is the By Faith song. It has the hand of God in the first verse, but also the themes that run through it encourage us along these lines. By faith we see the hand of God in the light of creation's grand design.
Lord, then we pray that uh, you might take the encouragement from your word that we have heard this evening and plant it in our hearts to encourage us as we seek to serve you in our lives individually and as a church together. Amen.